Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. But Beck, um, Fresh Food Fridays has been a new initiative that's been happening for the last few years. Can you just tell us a little bit about it and what it is and how it works? So Fresh Food Friday is, um, happens in the shed fortnightly on Fridays. We have... Um, Sorry, my husband's told me I need to stand here still and smile. So <laughs> I can see you looking at me. You're doing a great job, Beck. So, we, yeah, we have food. We rescue some food from Woolworths. We also have food from Food Bank that we bring in on a Friday. We set it up on tables in the shed and we invite people from the local community to come in and help themselves for those in need. We also seek to form relationships with them. We've got a small group of volunteers who um, interact. We, we try and journey with them. We talk to them. We spend time with them and, and just get to know their stories. So it's not just about providing food for people, this is actually about creating a community. Mm. And that's a really important uh, difference in this, that uh, we can provide people with a, with a hand, you know, a hand out of food, but in Rich Life and Fresh Food Fries, we're trying to do more than that, and it's actually to build a community. So how many people find themselves part of this community on Friday? Um, we have about 20 families that engage with us and come in and... And, and join us and then we have a further sort of around 15 people from local school families that schools have actually referred in and we have a group of volunteers that deliver hampers to schools and yeah for the families in need. So isn't that wonderful? So there's people who meet here on a Friday in a community of people but then we're also seeing around about 15 hampers a fortnight go out and bless families within our community and so how are we connecting with people in this uh, in this space even even further than that? Um, so yeah, just, just sharing with them, we have opportunities to, to pray with them and we've, we've actually been reading the Bible and discipling some individuals. We've also had seen people connecting with other parts of RBC, other groups and activities like cooking or um, Tuesday lunch, Alpha, that kind of thing. And we actually had our first participant from Fresh Food Day join the kids coach training recently. Wow. She's just started mentoring a child at school. That is wonderful just to see those different connections that are happening and the work that Beck and that are doing too is helping to, in a way, disciple people towards Jesus. Uh, that's an important part of what we, uh, what we do. You know, Jesus, when he discipled people, he didn't start with Christians, right? He started with people who didn't yet know and he discipled people towards faith in him. And this is an important thing that, uh, that we are called to do as well. So, Beck, just tell us a little, how are you seeking to empower people in the fresh food space? Uh, and uh, I know you've got a couple of stories you might even be able to share around this. I'll just share one little story. So we had a participant recently who I discovered had a bit of a talent for cooking. So I asked her if she... We've been serving soup over the winter months. I asked her whether she would prepare some soup for the following fortnight when we were meeting. She was a little bit hesitant about that. Um, I think about the amount of people that she'd have to cater for. But I encouraged her with... I said we'd provide some ingredients, encouraged her to sort of triple what she'd normally make. 
and I wasn't sure if she'd bring it in or not. So I checked in a few days beforehand and she was on track, she brought it in. She actually offered to serve it to, to everyone um, that was there that day and it was just a really great way to see barriers break down. Um, she's, she's usually on the receiving end of Fresh Food Day. Mm -hmm. So yeah, to, to see her serving others rather than just, just receiving was, was really powerful. That's great. Uh, and that's, that's, when I talk about the way that we do it, that's so important um, because Enriched Life doesn't just provide a place for people to be, find acceptance and belonging. It provides a place for people to contribute and to participate. And that is just so, so wonderful. And so I encourage you uh, to keep in prayer for Fresh Food Fridays and maybe you might even want to volunteer um, at, uh, at Fresh Food Fridays as well. That would be great. Um, one other ministry that we have is our Kids Coach uh, uh, a mentoring program. And so I'm going to invite Nige. Uh, Nige is going to come down and we're going to give him a massive round of uh, applause and say, welcome, Nige. Nige is on the sound desk. Uh, Nige is on the sound desk today and uh, he's also one of our uh, Kids Coach uh, mentors and just a wonderful, wonderful mate and good, good fella. And Beck's going to interview him and share a little bit more about, um, about uh, Kids Coach. Okay. Hello, Nigel. How are you? I'm OK. <laughs> Great to have you up here with us. What's the view like from the front rather than the back? Blinding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind of is, isn't it? So, Nigel, um, you... Tell us a bit about yourself. Who's in your family? What sort of what do you get up to during the week, and what do you do for fun? Uh, so, um, family is wife and two kids, uh, Tom and George, ten and eight. Um, during the week, I work. Funnily enough, um, what um, sort of work do you do, Nigel? Uh, so, I work for an engineering consultancy. Um, so, having trained as a physicist, chartered as a physicist, I spent twenty years in engineering. <laughs> um, and then uh, I guess my, my, my main hobby is probably uh, cycling, which I do with one of the other people from uh, this, this church, who I think is out in the uh, shed at the moment. There's a few that go cycling on a Saturday morning. How long have you been mentoring a child in the Kids Coach program and what made you decide to give mentoring a go? Um, so I guess I've probably been mentoring for, I think I started basically the start of last term, um, mentoring, sort of mentee I've got now. Um, I guess it's, I've, I've, I've had, I, I can fairly safely say I've had a fairly privileged life. Um, God has been good to me. Um, and I just really wanted the opportunity to sort of give something back um, and, and help those who haven't, haven't been so fortunate, haven't been born with a silver spoon in their mouth quite so much. That's great. Um, what could you tell me a highlight of your mentoring journey so far and maybe something that's been a challenge? Um, so I guess a real highlight was um, recently, um, every, every Friday I'll go into the school um, and do something with my mentee um, and I, I, I have to admit I often struggle to sort of work out what, what I'm going to do, I'm not a particularly crafty sort of person uh, or any of the rest of it, so we sort of play board games or what have you. Um, but I did sort of take in some felt and some needle and thread, thanks to the resources provided, thank you. Um, and uh, we sort of just made this little felt animal. And uh, at the end of it, uh, my mentee said that, that he was really proud of himself for, for, for doing this. He never knew how to sew before. And that was, that was a really nice sort of feeling to sort of having given him sort of some confidence and development. 
That's awesome. I bet he was proud of you too for sewing an animal together. <laughs> Thank you, Nigel. Appreciate what you've shared. I guess I just wanted to highlight that um, kids coach. Um, anyone can do it. It's Nigel's working full time, has a couple of kids himself, and um, yeah, is busy with lots of things. But yeah, manages to find an hour a week where he can come in and mentor a child at school. So thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Amen. Amen. Thank you, team, for a a, a wonderful morning of uh, of worship and praise uh, today. Well, as, we, as I shared earlier, today is Enrich Life Sunday, where we're looking just to shine a, a spotlight onto the work and the important work and ministry of uh, Enrich Life. And in fact, we've actually tagged this whole month uh, Enrich Life Month, because we also want to, uh, over this month, uh, we want to spend some more time sharing some more stories around Enrich Life. And uh, we'll do that, you know, just during some of our times, during our services and in other ways, online and uh, in our other communications as well. So we're, we're kind of um, using the whole month around Enrich Life Month. And later on today, I'm going to talk too about an Enrich Life Appeal, an opportunity for people to consider how it is uh, that you can pray for Enrich Life, how you might want to get involved in Enrich Life, and also how you might want to uh, financially give to support the work of Enrich Life. But as a church, we want to create a culture of care and love. We want to see a culture of care and love here and we want RBC to be a place where everyone feels valued, where everyone feels they have a place to belong, where everyone feels accepted, but not only that, but they have an opportunity to, as we shared earlier, have a chance to contribute and to participate and to find their purpose and to make a difference. As a church, we believe that God is a good God. He is a God of love. He's a God who is rich in love and mercy. And that we want to respond to his goodness and to his love and his mercy by sharing his goodness and love with others, with people online, with people here, with people in our Korean community, our Chinese community down at Broadview, and our African community, with those all different languages and locations, and with the people in our local community. And one of the important ways that we provide this culture of care and love is through the work and the ministry of Enrich Life. Enrich Life is our community strengthening and community development arm of the life of the church where we support people who are doing life tough to flourish. You see, we believe that God deeply cares and loves all people and our mission is to join in with him and to help people flourish emotionally, uh, socially, economically and spiritually. And this call to care for people who are doing life tough and to help them flourish is one that is deeply rooted throughout the whole sweep of Scripture. And even just a quick sweep of scripture, which I'm going to do just now for us, unmistakably reveals God's heart for the vulnerable and the marginalised and a mandate for the church, for followers of Jesus, to seek justice and to build and create a just community for all. Now, the Hebrew word 
uh, for justice uh, that we see throughout the scripture is that called mishpat. And it occurs well over 200 times in our Bibles. It repeatedly describes taking up the care and the cause of widows, orphans, immigrants and the poor. These four groups of people are ones that were some of the most vulnerable, the most at-risk people groups throughout the Old Testament and at the time of Jesus. And so in your Bibles, in the whole sweep of Scripture, whenever you hear of the widows, the orphan, immigrants and the poor, and that's often the four categories that they're put into, we're talking about those who are most vulnerable, those who are most at risk and those who are most marginalised. And even today, those four categories of people are some of our most marginalised and most vulnerable people uh, groups today. And throughout the whole scriptures, God is frequently spoken about as one who is the defender of these vulnerable people groups. And we can even read that in our Psalm um, 82. And we see uh, in there that the psalmist, speaking of the heart of God, says our call is to defend the weak and the fatherless, to uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed, to rescue the weak and the needy and deliver them from the hand of the wicked. And so I want to look at a few other passages of Scripture today that just show us God's heart for the vulnerable and our call or our mandate, our commission, if you like, to care for the poor and to seek justice for the oppressed. So firstly, take a look at Amos chapter 5, uh, verses 24. Here, Amos is actually giving a rebuke uh, to the people of Israel uh, for misplaced priorities, for doing two things. One, for ignoring God, and two, for ignoring uh, the people, essentially saying to them that they are all show, but they are no substance. And he says this, he says, but let justice roll on like a river. This is the language he says he wants justice to roll on like a river throughout the city, throughout the nations. And I love how uh, Eugene Peterson's translation puts it. He puts it this way. He says, Do you know what I want? I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. That's what I want. That's all I want. This is the heart of God is a heart of justice. It's a heart for those who are marginalised and at risk. And around 800 years before Jesus, the prophet Micah posed a question and he says, what does the Lord require of you? And this is a question... Uh, that sometimes if you're new to faith, you might ask, okay, so I've come to faith, I've trusted Jesus, what does God want of me? So this is the question that we ask today. Maybe you've been in faith for 30 years and you're still asking that question, what does the Lord require of you? Well, let me make it simple for you in the same way that Micah did. Have a look what Micah says. He says this, because um, this was his response to his own question, what does the Lord require of you? He says, this is what I require of you. This is what the Lord requires of you, to act justly, and to love mercy and to walk humbly or to walk faithfully with your God. This wasn't just a command or a what God was wanting for those in the Old Testament. 
This is something that is repeated again in the New Testament. If you flick through to Matthew 23, 23, we see that Jesus is rebuking the teachers of the law and the Pharisees because of all their religiosity. And so drawing from Micah 6, 8, so we know clearly this is one of the ones that was very close to Jesus' heart. This is what Jesus says. He says this, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy and faithfulness. And then further on, uh, James picks up this idea when he writes this in James 1.27, the religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. The, what God is looking for from us, from you individually, from me, from, for us collectively as a church, is that we are those who are on the lookout for those who are being looked over and that we are the ones who are to care for those who are most vulnerable, most marginalised and most at risk. I can't think of a better witness uh, in our day uh, to a world, a disbelieving world, for us to actually have that front and centre in who we are and what we do. And it's God's heart. It's the heart of Jesus. And my heart, my heart is that it would be one that is deeply continued to be rooted here and that we would continue to make a difference because it is these scriptures, it is this mandate which underpins the importance and the central place that enrich life plays here at RBC. And so one helpful way that we can think of enriched life is as our collective response to acting justly, to loving mercy and to walking humbly and faithfully with our God. Enriched life is also a way for us as a church to collectively live out Jesus' mandate of restoration, which he laid down right at the start of his ministry on earth. So we have this heart of God seen in the Old Testament, but then when Jesus comes to earth, he lays out for us in Luke chapter 4, and we're going to read this in a moment, his job description. He lays out his purpose and his priority in his uh, ministry, and he says that it is a ministry of restoration. Let's have a look at what he writes in Luke chapter 4. He stands up in the synagogue, and when Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. And he says this, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, this is from Isaiah, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You see, Jesus' words here to the crowd reveal his ministry purpose and his top priority. 
Here he's establishing his job description as that of restoration. His purpose and priority wasn't to uphold religious laws or to bless the righteous, but to actively seek out the overlooked and enslaved and to set them free. Jesus is declaring here loud and clear that he is the justice bringer, that he is the restoration bringer. Jesus is declaring that in him God was coming to liberate the people, the widow, the orphan, the maimed and disabled, the diseased and all the demon possessed from all the things that bound them and that held them captive and oppressed them. And Jesus is declaring that in him a time was coming when the first would be last, when the last would be first, when those who were hungry would be filled, those who mourned would laugh and those who were oppressed would find justice. Jesus declares hope not just for those in the synagogue but for the very people who would normally not be invited in. And this is important for us to grasp today. You see, seeking justice and restoration for all isn't something that is peripheral to the gospel message. These are not, restoration and justice are not some sideshow to the main game as such of seeing souls won for Christ and saving souls. No, they are central to the gospel message and are a key part of what it means to live faithfully as a disciple of Jesus. You see, if you and I are to live out, authentically live out our faith, we need to have Jesus' heart for all people, especially the poor and the vulnerable and those we find difficult to love in our own strength. And if we are serious about genuinely living out our faith, our treatment of those on the fringe of society is a critical element of being a disciple of Jesus. In fact, let me, like raise the, let me raise the bar on this because that's actually what Jesus does. The scriptures actually make it clear that a lack of concern for the poor and the vulnerable is not a minor oversight. Rather, it reveals that something is seriously wrong with one's heart and one's spiritual compass. Have a look at Proverbs 14.31. It says, If whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker. This is how hard the writer of Proverbs makes this. This is the challenge. But whoever is kind to the needy honours God. You see, Scripture shows us that our heart attitude towards the poor and vulnerable reveals our heart attitude towards Christ. This is challenging teaching, right? What does your heart reveal today? Perhaps, though, this is most clearly seen, uh, this, this idea that our heart attitude towards the poor reveals our heart attitude towards Christ. This whole um, idea uh, is perhaps most clearly seen in Jesus' famous parable uh, of the sheep and the goats that we find in Matthew 25 and his dreadful judgment on the goats. Have a look at this. Matthew 25, 41 to 45. Then he will turn to the goats, the ones on his left, and say, get out, worthless goats. You're good for nothing but the fires of hell. 
And why? And this is what he goes on to say. Because of this. Because I was hungry and you gave me no meal. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was homeless and you gave me no bed. I was shivering and you gave me no clothes. Sick and in prison and you never even visited me. Then those goats are going to say, Master, Jesus, King Jesus, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or homeless or shivering or sick or in prison and didn't help? He will answer them, I'm telling you the solemn truth. Whenever you failed to do one of these things to someone who was being overlooked or ignored, that was me. You failed to do it to me. See, a true experience of the grace of Jesus inevitably results in a life poured out in deeds of justice and compassion for the poor. And this is why, this is why enriched life plays such an essential and important role within RBC. You see, enriched life is an intentional way that as a church we engage together with those who are doing life tough, with those experiencing significant life challenges. It's where we respond to God's call to reach out to a broken world with the message of love and justice and join him in restoring lives. You see, here's the thing, and you know this to be true, we live in a world that is both beautiful on one page and broken on the other. It doesn't take much to to look around our world and to celebrate the beauty of God in creation in people. But it also doesn't take much to look far to see the brokenness in people and the brokenness in creation. It doesn't take long for us, you see, to see the beauty and just to burst into song of praise. But then to also see the brokenness and to burst into tears. See, you and I, we can walk down any street in our neighbourhood and we can knock on any ten doors and we will discover people who are living with and experiencing poor mental health, women who are trying to move on from harmful family environments, people living with addictions, families struggling financially and emotionally, people who are disconnected, isolated and lonely, people who are feeling hopeless and helpless about their future, people struggling with unresolved life issues and those people who just generally feel stuck in life and not sure what their next step is. Each week, each week, Enrich Life provides help for people experiencing life like this and supports them to get their life back on track. Through its various ministries and initiatives, Enrich Life has become a safety net and a family for many, many people in tough places. And so I want to now just share a few stories of people whose lives have been changed in some of the ministries of Enrich Life. Uh, one of them, we've already heard a couple today, right? We've heard uh, of Kids Coach and the important ministry that that plays. And we've also heard about Fresh Food Friday and the way that that is engaging with 20 or so families and seeking to build community and empower people to contribute and to, uh, and to participate. 
But I want to look, talk, look at another one here that we began nearly 10 years ago, and it was, the, it was a cooking class, and we called it Now You're Cooking. And this ministry has become a place where particularly people who are experiencing disconnection and social isolation are experiencing belonging and meaningful relationships over good food and learning skills that will help them at home. Many of the participants have formed strong, strong connections with others in the group. And one of the things that we are seeing is the participants from cooking are also getting involved in other activities within the life of RBC, which is helping them with their social isolation to build a good sense of community around them. And let me just share some of the feedback from some of our cooking participants. One person shared this with us. They said, the cooking class gives me a reason to get out of bed on a Monday morning. This is no small thing for people. Oh, that's a big thing, but it's a wonderful thing to say that for them, this helps them to get up because for some people that we're working with, getting up out of bed is a challenge each day. And this is what we've got to recognise and what we've got to see. Another shared with us, through the cooking class, I was introduced and linked into RBC's Tuesday community lunch and Tuesday service. It's such a blessing to be connected to RBC's warm and caring community. So again, we're just continuing to see more of those links back into the whole life of the church. Another ministry, of course, is our uh, Clay Cup Experience Cafe. And in 2009, we began uh, the cafe. Clay Cup is a for-purpose cafe seeking to create a brighter future for all involved by providing hospitality experience to help people break the cycle of unemployment, to give a sense of community... And, of course, we want to serve great coffee and uh, be a, a place that people can uh, come to uh, throughout the week for great cakes and food. Through Clay Cup, people who are struggling in our community are supported to build resilience, confidence, practical skills and the community that they need for a brighter future. Um, here's a story from Heather. Uh, Heather uh, has been part of the Clay Cup Cafe and has had an important role in seeing her life transformed by God. Have a listen. Last year, uh, Heather approached us seeking volunteer work at Clay Cup. She had recently resigned from a long-term job and was not able to continue working. Her elderly mother had been actively involved here but passed away earlier in the year which was a prompter for Heather to seek connection here because her mum loved this community so much. Although Heather had been baptised and followed Jesus as a teenager and young adult, she had moved away from following Jesus closely a long time ago and it seemed like a long road back for her. Heather was in a hard place when she started volunteering at Clay Cup. She lacked purpose and direction and missed her mother incredibly. Over several weeks of volunteering, this all began to change. Heather enjoyed working with the other volunteers in the kitchen who showed her real warmth and care. One day, she asked another volunteer about reading the Bible and they invited her to read the Bible together. And for the first time in many years, she began to understand in a deep way that God had a purpose for her life and had never given up on her. Heather now attends this Bible group each week and here at church regularly. 
Heather now has a whole new group of friends and community that she loves to spend time with and has grown in confidence and self-esteem so much through her work in the cafe. So much so that she has ventured out now into new areas of learning and skill development that she didn't believe were possible for her at the start, both within the cafe and beyond in other areas of ministry and life. Heather said this, I feel very blessed to have been connected to RBC, which has helped me through some very sad and anxious moments in my life. Volunteering at Clay Cup and participating in the Bible study group are enriching my life after finishing full-time employment. Maybe this was God's plan for me all along. I love, again, just hearing stories of people who are finding capacity building, who are finding resilience, who are finding faith in Jesus and life in community, which is really, really important. Another key uh, Enriched Life initiative is COACH. It stands for Creating Opportunities and Casting Hope. Um, Here at RBC, we've run Family Coach for nine years now and we've just started running Kids Coach. Uh, Kids Coach, as we heard from Nige earlier on, provides one-to-one mentoring support to a primary school student during school hours on the school property for the purpose of strengthening the student emotionally, educationally and socially. The mentoring aims to build resilience while offering practical help and a positive role model. That's what Nige is being and even Nige is learning to sew as well so there are benefits for you too. And we are currently running Kids Coach at Paradise Primary School. And just recently we received this encouraging email from the principal, Karen, uh, down at Paradise Primary. And Karen says this, Dear Beck, I wanted to let you know how happy I am with how everything is going with the Kids Coach program. You see, it actually takes a risk for a school to embrace a program like this. Um, We're very clear that this is a a faith-based program. We're not, uh, as a church and as a um, a ministry, we're not faith-biased, we're faith-based. And so for a school to actually engage and say, yeah, we're happy for, for mentors to come along and to be part of this, it takes a risk. So, but for her, she saw significant benefits in this and she's happy with how everything is going. She goes on and she says, the mentors are all really lovely and it's a pleasure to have them on the team. I love this. She's actually seeing that people like Nige and our other mentors aren't just people coming in and out, but these are people who are actually on team with her. Conversations with the children have been so positive and the smiles on their faces when working with their mentors is priceless. Parents are also commenting on their child's increased enjoyment of life and the differences that they have seen in their lives. Thank you so much. I love that. What a wonderful report from a a principal within our area. Isn't that just a great testimony? And then through Family Coach, we mentor around 10 to 15 families each year. And I want to show a little video now which just explains what Family Coach is. And this is a little video that's been put together by uh, Beck and uh, one of our mentors here, Rochelle. And, uh, and this is ex- just tells a little bit about what Coach is and some of uh, Rochelle's experiences as well. So let's take a look at this. How good. 
Rochelle's done six. Maybe you could do one. She's been a mentor for six families. It's amazing. This is something that we can do. You can do this. We don't need to have any more experience, any more knowledge. What we need to do is just prioritise some time. Some time that we can set aside to partner with God in seeing justice and restoration in our community. We, we, could, we could, as a church, care for more people, more families, if more people were to say, hey, I can do this. I want to be part of volunteering to be a coach mentor, whether it be a family coach or a kids coach mentor. As I close today, I want to remind us Enrich life is a way that as a church we intentionally join with God's work of seeking justice and restoration for all people. It's an intentional way that as a church we can help people move from places of adversity and challenge to places of opportunity and flourishing. This is what we get to be a part of. And so as we close, I want to invite you to partner and support the important work of Enrich Life. And there's a few ways that you can do this, three key ways that you can do this. Firstly, you can pray. This is so important. It's why we put it here as number one. You can pray. I wonder, will you let God change someone else's life through your prayers? You can pray for participants who are part of our Enriched Life programs. You can pray for the 20 families who are part of Fresh Food Friday, for the 15 families who receive uh, care uh, packs every fortnight. You can pray for the people who are, part of, uh, who are part of cooking. You can pray for those who are being mentored through Kids Coach or through Coach. You can pray for Beck as she leads this area of ministry. It's a challenging area. There are many practical elements of the ministry, but it's also critical that we pray for spiritual protection over this ministry and that we pray for spiritual awakening and breakthrough in the lives of people. We will provide the practical care around people, but we but each person that we meet and who are involved in these programs, some know Jesus, many don't. And so we also want to just pray for flourishing of them emotionally, spiritually, socially, the whole lot. But we pray that they would come to have a spiritual awakening. We can pray for that. And so I encourage you to do that. Secondly, you can volunteer. I wonder, will you let God change someone else's life through you? There are many different ways that you can volunteer through the life of Enrich Life. In volunteering in one of Enrich Life's initiatives provides an opportunity for you to express your faith in a way that makes a real difference in the community. And we've just done, we just had a look at the uh, NCLS survey and I'll share more about this in the coming, in the coming weeks and months. But one of, the, one of the areas that actually uh, popped up is that 20% of people within the life of this church would like to volunteer more and actually uh, serve more. And maybe that's some people who are new among us. And so maybe this is you. You'd actually love to be able to see someone else's life changed through you. Serving as enriched life 
uh, volunteer is that opportunity to have someone else's life changed through you. And we're always in need of more volunteers to serve in the cafe or to serve as a coach mentors. And the easiest way that you can say, you know, Dan, I want to hear God's call, I want to respond to that, is you can speak to Beck. You can go to the hub after the service or over this next month and just say, hey, I'd love to be able to serve and speak to Beck more around this. Or you can go to the hub online and there's just a little, you can follow the, follow the little prompts there and you'll just be able to say, I'd love to volunteer. And just click a little button, get your name uh, put through and then someone will be in contact with you. An easy way to be able to get involved. Or thirdly, you can give. I wonder if you'll let God change someone else's life through your generosity. During the month of August, we will be providing an opportunity for you to give generously over and above our regular giving to the Enriched Life in Peel. Now, the reality is that our general giving does go towards Enriched Life. It goes towards seeing all of that ministry happen. But we also believe that God has more. And your generosity to the Enriched Life Appeal will support the important ongoing work of Enriched Life but it will also help to expand some of the care opportunities for many people who are doing life tough at the moment. You see, here's one of the things that we're seeing on the horizon. We're expecting to see an increase in people presenting to us for financial and emotional support due to the rising cost of living at the moment, which will likely, um, which will make life more challenging for those who are already struggling to manage life and uh, to do that well. And so we're thinking that on the horizon, that's going to be um, an increased need that we're going to need to meet. We also recognise that God stirs our hearts in different ways, doesn't he? And so perhaps you feel passionate about the ministry of helping vulnerable people gain the skills and experience required to find employment and create genuine community through the cafe. Well, if you give towards the Enriched Life Appeal then you will help to ensure the ongoing running of the cafe, which will ultimately see more and more people experience a brighter future. Alternatively, your heart might be stirred by one-on-one mentoring and the coach program and kids coach and families coach. Your giving to the Enriched Life Appeal will bring increased hope through one-to-one mentoring to children, individuals and families who are struggling in our community. Or maybe your heart is stirred by those who will be impacted most by the rising cost of of living over this next six months to a year. Giving towards enriched life will help us support more people doing it tough financially and emotionally by supporting families with basic needs like food and help with utility bills. And so I want to just ask and encourage you to prayerfully consider how God may be calling you to pray to volunteer or to give, to seeing lives changed through the important work of Enriched Life. And if you do want to give this August, then you can simply head to the hub.rbc.org.au and on that page you can simply click the link to give to the Enriched Life Appeal. It's, it's that easy to do. Or if you're a regular giver here, then just in your regular giving, you can simply just label it Enriched Life. And uh, then that will get allocated towards uh, Enriched Life. Or, of course, if you give via text, then you can just uh, text GIVE to the number that is on that screen and you follow the prompts and you can give to Enriched Life. So this year, this August, I want to encourage you. How is it that you can pray for Enriched Life? 
Is God calling you to change somebody else's life through you? And maybe you might want to be generous towards enriched life. Would you stand with me today? And we're going to worship. We're going to sing a song that again just reminds us of the important role that we have to see lives change, to shine the light of Jesus around us. Because we believe that every heart and every life needs compassion. It needs to know the love and the compassion of Jesus. But just before we do, let me pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you are a God of love, a God who cares, a God who is rich in mercy. Lord, I pray that as we draw closer to you, that we would also draw closer to those who are at risk and marginalised and vulnerable. Lord, I thank you for the work of Enriched Life. I thank you for the families, the children, the elderly lives that are being changed through the many initiatives and the people who are involved in Enriched Life, the way that you are changing people's lives through their faithfulness, their willingness to give up an hour or two a fortnight to be able to invest into people. Lord, I pray that you would stir our hearts today. I pray that you would take this ministry, you would enable its ongoing work to continue and that you would expand it so that even more and more people can experience a flourishing life emotionally, socially, and Lord, we pray and believe spiritually. So stir our hearts, stir our passion, I pray, and we give you all the glory and all the praise today. Let's, uh, let's worship and let's lift our voices and sing today. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.